feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. I know your name is Rita, because your perfume is smelling sweet. In this hour on the Rita Cosby Show, we're going to continue talking about this stunning decision against President Trump. I just talked to Kermit the Frog, as you probably heard here on the show. Sure sounded like that guy. Wow. where He was Oscar the Grouch, I think, actually. More like that one tonight. But also, this has been really a wild week and a wild 24 hours and later on in the hour, we're going to be talking about some other legal cases because we're going to talk about the soap opera that is Georgia DA Fannie Willis. Of course, yesterday, she dramatically took the stand. She wasn't expected to get on the stand. They were fighting to keep her off the stand. Her team was. And then suddenly she walked in and said, I'm here. I'm ready to testify. And then she started mudslinging at the judge and also at the other attorneys. And it was just wild. We also found out that she likes Grey Goose vodka. We found out that Nathan Wade, her lover, likes red wine. So there were all these wild things that were just coming. It was the wildest case. And these are the people that are prosecuting Donald Trump and the others in that RICO election case, the racketeering case there in Georgia. And again, the standard there is the appearance of misconduct, the appearance of conflict of interest. That's the that alone is enough to disqualify someone, whether or not there really is a conflict of interest or a misrepresentation to the courts. And you could say maybe a lot of those things are present, my opinion in this case, but it sure looks like at minimum, the appearance of. But Fanny was, I guess, not as big of a hit as she thought she was yesterday. So today she had to bring in some backup on her side in the Georgia case, and it has turned into a family affair. And this was wild. She brings in her father, who was very fun. Actually, it's it's a wild family. I'd like to hang out with them. They are like wild. I'm telling you, between her and her comments about Nathan Wade, he's a Southern gentleman, but she's not such a lady, you know, kind of thing. That was wild. And then today, the father, who's a former judge, uh, seemed like a very nice guy. And he was asked the question in the court, how come Fannie Willis, remember she said that she paid back her boyfriend in cash because they don't want to show that they use state funds. Uh, they don't want to have any evidence to the to that. So she claims that what they would do is if he paid for a trip or something, she would reimburse him in cash and that she'd always have all this money in her home, often thousands upon thousands of dollars in cash at her home, which is wild. I mean, that is just wild uh, that she'd be walking around. She'd say even when she moved to different locations, she'd bring the cash with her. It's kind of wild to hear a DA say that she uses cash all over the place. It sounds fishy. And also that she travels with that much cash. That's not, I don't think, a smart thing to be out there. But she had to say that because if it turns out that the money, and we don't know, they claim it was cash. But if it turns out that they actually weren't being reimbursed and he was using his salary money that he was getting from the state because she appointed him, uh, and then she was benefiting from it with all these lavish trips. Well, that's a no-no. 
So that's why it was the whole cash thing that a lot of people surmise is the reason they said, quote, cash. It just sounds really fishy. So today, the father gets on the stand. This is Fannie Willis's father. And he was asked, what do you make of all these allegations of her using cash? Does she have a habit of using cash all the time? And he said, you know, I use cash all the time. I just kind of have cash laying around all the time. And he said it's a cultural thing. Listen to this. When your daughter moved or left the house that she owned, did did she say anything to you about having a large uh, savings of cash? Oh, no. She, oh, no. See, maybe, excuse me, and I, Your Honor, I'm not trying to be racist, okay? But it's a black thing, okay? You know, I was trained. And most black folks, they hide cash or they keep cash. And uh, I was, no, I train. You always keep some cash because uh, I've been places. And just because of the color of my skin, for example, I took a fellowship at Harvard when my daughter was just, uh, uh, if I might, Your Honor, if I might, when I was just, uh, she was just, you know, maybe three years old. And I remember going to a restaurant in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and I had a American Express credit card and maybe a visa or whatever. And uh, I had a lot of um, what they call traveler's checks. I don't even know if they still have traveler's checks, but traveler's checks. And there was a sign said, you know, with the credit card, for whatever reasons, the man would not take my American Express credit card. So I pulled out my visa card, and he wouldn't take my visa card. So then I pulled out my traveler's checks. He said, we don't take checks. Now, this was these were traveler's checks. This was money. I had a $10 bill. I'll never forget this as long as I live. And uh, he said, uh, uh, the bill for my wife at the time, uh, Fonnie's mother, Fonnie and myself, was like $9.95, and I had a $10 bill. That was all that. And I always remember that. Um, but even before that, I've always kept cash, I, you know, and I've told my daughter, you keep six months worth of cash always. For example, I had three safes in my house. Um, I put some of my clients stuff there, too, uh, things I didn't want other lawyers to be. I mean, because you're always in a firm and I knew that there were special conditions. So some of my clients things I would bring home put them in the safe. But I've always kept safes. And as a matter of fact, I gave my daughter uh, her first cash box and told her, always keep some cash. So uh, like father, like daughter, and he says that's why he always has cash laying around and she always has cash laying around. Well, speaking of cash, Letitia James, the New York Attorney General, wants a lot of cash from President Donald Trump to the tune of over $350 million. And then also some interest. So let's just make it 455 and even 455 million. And this is, of course, the big decision that came down just a little bit ago from Manhattan Supreme Court Judge Arthur N. Gorin. And here is the New York Attorney General when she came down with the decision saying, you know what? We prove the case against Orange Man. Here it is. After 11 weeks of trial, We showed the staggering extent of his fraud and exactly how Donald Trump and the other defendants deceived banks, insurance companies, and other financial institutions for their own personal gain. 
we prove just how much Donald Trump, his family, and his company unjustly benefited from his fraud. And President Trump said there is no doubt that they will appeal. And listen to what he says he thinks will be a rippling effect for businesses, any leading businessman in the state of New York. Uh, will appeal, will be successful, I think, because, frankly, if we're not successful, New York State is gone. People are moving out of New York State. And because of this, they're going to move out at a much faster rate. People will question whether to do business, he believes, in the state of New York. And it is a powerful message because they're going after him financially and after his family's business. I mean, the Trump name grew up in New York blossomed in New York, all the businesses starting in New York. And so this is really a business death penalty that she is initially giving here. Of course, it is going to be appealed. And I do think eventually he will win on appeal because it's such a ludicrous case. But boy, oh boy, oh boy, the plan is to go after Trump every which way but loose. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike. Line five. Mike, your thoughts. Oh, well, you read it. Yeah, they've been body slamming this man for the past eight years. I agree with Joe. They're trying to to hurt him. But, you know, he's he's not orange, man. He's uh, evergreen. He's he's resisting all the storms and the ice and the snow, just like an evergreen tree, always evergreen. And, you know, well, I hope one day he turns out of Mar-a-Lago into a nice park and put all evergreens in there. And, uh, you know, man, that Satan bites you with no teeth. They're just trying to scare him. They ain't doing nothing, man. All he's saying is that all you got. And God bless you, Trump, man. Keep up the, keep up the fight. You're, you're like a general, man, not a president, a general. Like, like Patton. And, the, you know, you know what's interesting, Mike? I think a lot of people feel that way. And obviously when I'm saying orange, man, I'm, I'm playing off of the people that that's what they say, you know. But I, I agree with you that I think this will only strengthen it, him and in the polls. And, in fact, uh, there's a report out that just came out like two seconds ago from Associated Press saying that the White House is sort of preparing for Trump to come back to the White House, which means that the people in the Biden administration see the same polls that we all see. And it's no coincidence that they're trying to throw the book at him every which way but loose in the meantime. And I think when these verdicts like this and this decision today is so crazy and over the top that people are just shaking their heads and even people that, you know, maybe weren't sure who they're going to vote for, if they're going to vote for Trump or not vote for Trump. I think it's emboldening them to go towards Trump because they're going, wait a minute, this guy, there's, there's obviously something that these guys are afraid of him and that they're willing to do this. And this guy's still standing and he's still in the race and he's still fighting and he still says he wants to run for president. Uh, I mean, I think it it builds up admiration. You got to admire his tenacity and his fortitude. I don't know of almost anybody else in this country who can handle all the legislative incoming and the the lawfare because it's so weaponized. Can you imagine anybody else dealing with all of these different things and running for president at the same time, Mike? I mean, it's insane. It's awesome. Yeah, that's right, Rita. It is. It's incredible. It really is. Mike, thank you very, very much. Let's go to Jim in the Catskills. Line two, Jim. 
I read it. I think she's a paid assassin. I mean, she went after Cuomo. Who, who, are, you, who are you talking about? Who are you talking about? Letitia James. Okay, the I attorney she, general. Think, yep. Yes. She went after Cuomo because she had eyes on the governorship. She took down Cuomo. Then they told her cool her heels because they wanted to put Kathy Hochul in there. Now she, she ran on saying she's going to get Trump. I remember hearing uh, Roger Stone on Katz and Cosby saying that when she when she took that position, she wasn't wealthy. Now she's worth millions. Where'd she get that from? The job don't pay that much. Well, and Roger, and Roger, uh, you probably heard on the show earlier today, he was saying we're going to maybe be looking into that, meaning uh, Roger and his team. So uh, she may find herself under the microscope based on what Roger was saying, right? I bet you there's Soros money behind that to attack. You know that that's paying her because he he throws throws that money around all the the liberal DAs you know to get them elected, you know. Yeah, no, he does. You're right. He throws big money, Jim. Thank you very much. And let's go to Andrew, line three, real quick. Andrew, your thoughts. My my thoughts are what you talking about, Penny Willis. <laughs> oh and, my God! Uh, wait, wait, like good my, like good times. <laughs> it was actually um, different strokes. Different strokes. About, I knew I recognized it. I knew. By the way, that was a great show. That was a that was a great great show. Of course, I like the Cosby Show. You know that. I gotta I gotta show some bias to that one, Andrew. And I'll debunk what the father said in another lie she told about sandwiches. But what he said, even if that's true, the man, the money would be hoarded by black people to have on hand if a white racist doesn't accept their credit card or their debit card or something. So you wouldn't give that cash money to another African-American who you trust. That cash is there for if whites discriminate again. Well, let me let me just let me let me just keep you focused, Andrew, on the because the father's comment. I by the way, the father seemed like actually a very like, you know, interesting guy. But any any I think he helped her in the sense that he backed her up on the cash thing that she keeps cash around, which. I just, I, there are people who keep cash around. Heck, uh, Menendez had the gold bars laying around, remember, in his uh, coat pockets. But, but you know, there are people who have cash around or whatever, you know, for whatever reason, you know, it doesn't matter, white, black or whatever, right? Um, but the the father, getting back to the Fannie Willis case, I think the father didn't help her in a lot of ways because I think they put him up on the stand thinking he is going to talk about all, you know, that he sees her. He didn't. Uh, meet Nathan Wade until I think he said 2023. So that time frame helps her. But then when it came time for the other side asking him questions, they said, well, how often do you see your daughter? Or how often did you see her during this period of time? And he didn't really see her that much. He was working, he said, on a film and he was in Oakland, California, and I think he was in LA. And then he started talking about his film. It's got a documentary I think he's pitching or working on. Um, and I think he'd make an interesting documentary. Sounds like he had an interesting life. I think he was a big supporter of Nelson Mandela. He said it sounded like he had a really pretty interesting, he was a judge, accomplished guy, you know. Um, but it sounded like he had a lot of things going on his plate and may not necessarily know. And then he knew she went on a cruise, but he didn't know who she went on a cruise with. But she told him he went on a cruise. She went on the cruise with Nathan Wade. So it doesn't sound like she told her dad everything or that he saw her that much to know. So I actually don't think he really helped her that much at all. I don't think it really made uh, that much of a difference in terms of saying that, oh, well, the father would have met Nathan Wade if it was like a hot couple. And it sounds like the father had a lot of busy things of his own. 
and it, 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 it was a wash, I think, when the father got down. But he was definitely interesting, and it was fun to watch. And as I said, Andrew, that part, that, that like, family... They're like a fun, they're a fun wild group. There is like so much fire and then between the dad who was up there and then her who was up there. Uh, that was, that's one wild family reunion. That's for sure. That's all I can say. 1-800-848-9222. And we will continue your calls after the break. Everybody, you're listening to the Rita Cosby Show on this very busy news day. You're listening to the Rita Cosby Show. This is the Rita Cosby Show. It's a little Boston, more than a feeling. Uh, But let's go to Georgia because we're talking about Fannie Willis and her dad. What a family. BJ, line three, your thoughts. Well, Rita, uh, happy Friday, first off, number one. Uh, Number two, you know, my heart broke listening to that man because he loves his daughter. That came out through 100%. Absolutely. To drag your elderly father up there and put him on the stand and make him defend the indefensible. He's no fool, that man. You can tell he's... Rita Cosby is on... Some love songs in honor of Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade there in the Georgia courtroom. And before I go back to BJ, who had some great points, uh, here is Fannie Willis, where we're kind of playing Fannie Willis's greatest hits this week, because boy, there were a lot of them. And here is her explanation as to why she always carries a wad of cash with her. Because she doesn't need a man. Listen to this. It's interesting that we're here about this money. Mr. Wade is used to women that, uh, as he told me one time, the only thing a woman can do for him is make him a sandwich. We would have brutal arguments about the fact that I am your equal. I don't need anything from a man. A man is not a plan. A man is a companion. And so there was tension 
always in our relationship, which is why I would give him his money back. I don't need anybody to foot my bills. The only man who's ever foot my bills completely is my daddy. And I really liked her daddy who was on the stand today. And BJ, just like you said earlier, you got to give him credit because it didn't sound like he knew he was going to testify. Sounded like they get a, did a Hail Mary in the middle of the night and said, Dad, I don't know where you are, uh, but you got to come in. You got to help me on the stand. And I really liked your dad. He, he was quite charming. Uh, but boy, I don't think he really helped her. Your thoughts, BJ? I have to I have to agree with you. I, I you know, it's very sad, actually, to watch that. And he knows his kid. His kid is very narcissistic. She sounds like a fool. She sounds like one of these real housewife women, uh, you know. And, you know, I hate to pick on people, but did it not look like she had her dress on backwards or something? <laughs> uh, it, and by it, the way, that when she, you mean the the bright pink dress, it did it didn't really fit her well. I'll give you that. It it and and also not only I I think she was coming in with this pink on like for some reason this bright color to sort of make a statement too. Like here I am, uh, I'm coming in to save democracy, and yet uh, I think it fell flat. But it, it did look a little awkward. I I you know it's so funny, BJ. I was so focused on what she was saying and watching her just tear into as soon as she got on the stand, remember she immediately started tearing into the opposing attorney. Um, and in fact, stay with us, BJ, cause I, you can't get enough of Fannie Willis. Let's do this. This is one a, and this is Fannie Willis right after she got on the stand. I've never seen anything like this. She gets on the stand. She starts screaming at the opposing attorney. Then at one point she's screaming at the judge And she was like ranting and raving. I'm surprised she didn't get booted out of the courtroom. But here was her opening act, BJ. Um, Did you listen to any arguments? I did hear the the arguments this morning. It's ridiculous to me that you lied on Monday, and yet here we still are. And I did listen to that argument. Um, um, All right, so that was it, just the argument, no testimony. Right, I listened to the argument this morning where Adam Abadi, I thought, did an excellent job pointing out how dishonest you were with the court on Monday. And um, I'm actually surprised that the hearing continued. But since it did, here I am. And I'm surprised the judge didn't say, "Uh, listen, you are here to testify, not to do a soliloquy and to go after the opposing attorney. Uh, It was it was like it really was a soap opera, BJ. What did you think of that moment? And where do you think it's going? Do you think she will be disqualified? Well, I'll put it to you this way. If you or I got up on that stand, she thinks she runs runs the place. She thinks she runs every place. She's a, she's a narcissist. No, everyone's wrong except her. She got caught with t- t- her and her boyfriend taking that tens of thousands of dollars that didn't belong to them, whacking it up between them, going on all of these wine tastings and everything else uh, with this phony baloney case. And this judge, frankly, if you or I sounded off like that, we'd be held in contempt. But he's afraid. He's afraid. And she's going to get uh, uh, she, she'll probably be asked to leave the case, but she's going to be treated with kid gloves uh, because he's afraid of the look it's going to have and also of any type of racial tension. The, a real verdict would would uh, would would give because uh, it's a predominantly very liberal black uh, area and they don't like Trump 
and uh, they have a history of rioting down there when things don't go well. And this is what this judge is afraid of. Um, so you think but, he uh, won't you think he won't disqualify her for that reason that he's going to let I mean, after that, that this is like a like, a you know, a Barnum and Bailey circus that they would actually continue the case after this. I mean, again, the reason I bring up BJ from a legal standpoint, the standard is it, it could be obviously either blatant misconduct or conflict of interest or it could be the appearance of conflict of interest. So in this case. Boy, is there the appearance. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. Obviously, clearly, they both admitted they had an affair. The question is when it started. But if you listen to that friend who opened up the, she was the opening act, remember? And she was like, no, they were together in 2019 right away and blah, blah, blah. Uh, I mean, the appearance is clearly there. So the standard is to disqualify them just for the integrity of the case. I think they have lost all, like, sense of credibility both of these people, the fact that now we know that, you know, when they first said they didn't have an affair, they did. They filled out paperwork saying certain things. That's obviously come into question now, too. So there's some serious, they could get disbarred well beyond booted off this case. But I think at minimum, uh, I, I agree the judge may feel some pressure. And I think the judge gave her way too much rope in that courtroom. He should have told her to get off the stand and come back here when you can act like a respectable witness. Because at that point, it was his courtroom, not hers. And he should have told her to go back in her little pink dress that you think was on backwards, BJ, that she should have gone back and put it on forward and come in and act like a real witness. And, and he should have scolded her because anybody else, just like you said, he probably would have scolded. On the other hand, she's the DA, so maybe he was trying to give her a little bit of, you know, a little bit of latitude, but he shouldn't have given her that much latitude. And he should have told her to straighten up and hold respect for the courtroom and the process. And it makes it feel like the whole thing is just one big joke. Uh, I, I've lost all respect for any sort of sense of integrity in this case after seeing the way she acted and the, all the shenanigans that went on. How could anybody have faith in the process, BJ? No, they can't. And, uh, you know, even the flag that she wore, the USA flag, was upside down, almost like a distress call. Oh, I didn't see was. that. I didn't see that. Was that where was that on her lapel or something? It was on her lapel. She has a state emblem, which is basically her, uh, you know, every uh, officer of the court has like a state emblem, uh, district attorney office. Uh, you could see that. And then next to it is the flag. But hers was all spun up, almost upside down, like a distress call, you know. Maybe it was uh, some secret language. Who knows? You know, Alexa. Nathan, I'm ready. I'm, I'm available for dinner. Who knows? You know, I don't know. You know. I don't know about these things, Rita. I, I have a, I, 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 things like that. When you know, my history with women is they're very direct with me, and they I'm, don't wear upside down flags and try to send signals, right? <laughs> no, we don't. I don't. No, no. Either yes or no, or uh, you know, uh, uh, go away. You and know? by the way, if you're ever going to date Fanny Willis, you got to get Gray Goose because she did make that clear this week. Uh, that she likes Grey Goose. She doesn't like wine, uh, but she does like caviar, BJ. So, you know, so, you know, there's some high end tastes going on there. So you, you got you to gotta step up if that's ever going to happen. Uh, BJ, thank you. You are terrific. It's always great to hear from you. Well, we're talking about all these wild cases that are going on against President Trump. And so much of this comes as people are looking at the landscape 
and seeing so many of the problems that are going on just overall in the world. And a lot of people, I just told you there was a report that just crossed the Associated Press a few minutes ago saying that the White House is really doing some steps right now and trying to prepare for what could be a Trump presidency. In other words, the Biden team is looking at the same polls we all are and going, uh, how are we going to make this one happen? And trying to figure out what they can do or what they don't have to leave behind or what they can do before he might leave the presidency because they're looking at the tea leaves right now. And I don't think it's a coincidence all these cases are happening against President Trump. And we're seeing the world on fire. I mean, look at what's going on between Russia, Ukraine. Look what's going on in Israel uh, and Hamas, the battle that's going on there. Uh, China uh, eyeing Taiwan. I mean, there's so many problems going on in the world. And as we talked about with Russia, Ukraine, some really sad news today. I, I was very, very sad. And I hope all of you were, too, when you heard the news that Alexei Navalny, who was the main opponent to Vladimir Putin, suddenly ended up dead. And I don't think it was uh, health reasons. Let's put it that way. He's a father of two. He's 47. He's the lead Russian opposition leader. And if you look at the history, too, he was one of the guys who led the massive protest taking place in Russia. And I think it was 2012. Then in 2020, he was poisoned on a flight. And after he got better and after he knew he was poisoned, you know, clearly targeted because he was going up against Vladimir Putin, He had the guts to say, I am going back to Russia because I need to continue the opposition against Putin, that he felt that strongly, knowing he was really putting his life in danger. And sadly, what happens? They arrest him. They send him to this penal colony, a Russian penal colony in Siberia, uh, freezing weather. And his mother, apparently, there were reports that his mother saw him on Monday. He was in good spirits. And said to be doing okay. And then lo and behold, like a lot of people who go up against Vladimir Putin, he ends up dead today. He goes on a walk in minus 40 degree weather, essentially. And suddenly he didn't feel well on the walk and he drops dead. That's the story they want us to believe. And so today, President Biden's asked about it. And he was saying three years ago, if something happens to Alexei Navalny, Russia and Putin in particular will face dire, dire consequences. He will live to regret it if he basically touches the hair of Alexei Navalny. Now, look what's happened. He got taken to a prison. He died suddenly, which is just so horrible. And then today, President Biden is asked by a reporter, and listen to President Biden's answer about what they said. What are you going to do now, Mr. President? You warned Vladimir Putin when you were in Geneva of devastating consequences if Navalny died in Russian custody. What consequences should he and Russia face? That was three years ago. In the meantime, they faced a hell of a lot of consequences. They've lost and or had wounded over 350,000 Russian soldiers. They've made them in a position where they've been subjected to great sanctions across the board. And we're contemplating what else could be done. But the, the, what we were talking about at the time, there were no actions being taken against Russia. And that look all this transpired since then. Can you say, what are you looking at increasing sanctions on Russia? We're looking at a whole number of options. That's all I'll say right now. 
In other words, nothing. That to me was a stunning answer. What are you going to do? You said dire consequences if the main opposition leader, who was a symbol for the world of courage, gets taken out. And now it's like, oh, look what I've done the last few years. No wonder the White House is worried that they may be replaced come election time. With this White House and this weakness, boy, oh boy, 1-800-848-9222. And here is our great support, our hero segment. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And this is the Tunnel to Towers Foundation Support Our Heroes segment. And a really powerful story and a beautiful story coming from Staten Island, New York, where World War II veteran John Tully, who served our country in the historic invasion of Omaha Beach in Normandy, was feted on the occasion of his 100th birthday in the grand ballroom of the historic Old Bermuda Inn. Nearly 200 revelers came and they witnessed this great milestone and they rose to their feet as the war hero entered the banquet hall. Among those who offered congratulatory greetings to the new centenarian were his three children, Terry, his daughter with a great name, his daughter Rita, and also son John L. Tully along with his eight grandchildren and eight great-grandchildren. How beautiful is that? Also in the crowd, Frank Siller, the president and CEO of the Stephen Siller Tunnel to Towers Foundation, and many other folks as well. Now, Tully said, get this, this is a great uh, line from a 100-year-old veteran. He said, I had a wonderful time at my 100th birthday party. And he said, I was so excited. I didn't sleep at all the night before. And I was so happy to see so many family and friends here to come and celebrate me. Frank Siller said this, not everyone makes it to 100 and a World War II hero in the Battle of the Bulge. My uncle, Fred Siller, was also in that battle, and their greatness inspires me. I'll never forget the sacrifices these men made. I am proud to say John and his daughter have been part of the Siller Tunnel to Tower Foundation for the past 22 years. And all of Staten Island has been part of that foundation. All God-loving people who understand we live in the greatest country that ever, ever existed. Wow, what a beautiful, beautiful line. And how beautiful to see a great member of the greatest generation honored so magnificently. And as we are talking about the incredible Tunnel to Towers Foundation, help America to never, ever forget everybody. All you have to do is donate $11 a month to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, and you can make an enormous difference. Help support America's military and first responder heroes. Check out all the incredible work that the Tunnel to Towers Foundation does at T2T.org, T2T.org. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. 
Well, it is February, but boy, a lot has happened since September. Thinking of it, how fun is that? We got some great music here on this Friday night. And we're trying to bring a little bit of joy just because it has been such a crazy, crazy week. Also, uh, a lot of the country, you're going to be dealing with a little bit of snow again. Uh, There are reports that there could be a little bit of a mild snowstorm, and we're hearing it could be white and fluffy. The last one was a little wet. Uh, But boy, the weather's just been crazy. So bundle up, listen to some good music. Uh, maybe have a gray goose in honor of Fanny Willis or a red wine in honor of Nathan Wade. Um, and I can't remember BJ was saying, I think he was doing whiskey or some Johnny Walker or something like that. So maybe on, in honor of one of our favorite callers, BJ, who always calls in from Queens, you could have one of those because, boy, I think we all need one after this week. What a week it has been. Uh, let's go to Robert. Uh, line five. Robert, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. I believe Trump, in each case, has civil rights violations, civil and criminal, that he can go on the offense with. Oh, that's interesting. Equal- that's interesting. So, in other words, what you're saying, go go after the prosecutors, right? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah, and and you know what, Robert, you very well may be right. I mean, there are probably, uh, if he goes and says, hey, wait, this has never happened before, look at this, look at that, uh, there probably are a lot of different things. And I think most of these eventually will get thrown in the trash bucket. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.